Thanks for joining us on the Father's House podcast, where we are leading people to become fully devoted followers of Christ. If you have any questions or want to learn more about us, you can always check us out online simply by going to thefathershouse.com. We'd love for you to stay connected throughout your week. Now, let's go to this week's message. Father's house, it's great to see you and it's great to watch and be with you, those of you that are watching online, all around, even to Costa Rica, just saw that a few minutes ago, thanks for joining. Father's house, would you give a warm welcome to those that are online church today, thank God, so glad you're here. Well, we're in a series called Mission Possible, and today we'll do the second part of that, but before we do that, we want to honor the book. So would you get your Bible out, your iPhone, your iPad, or your eyelids, and let's make our confession. Let's say it together. This is my Bible. It is the Word of God. It is life to me. Today I receive the Word. I confess my mind is alert. My heart is receptive. I am obedient, and I will never be the same again in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, in 1966 came out the television series, Mission Impossible. And uh, every week, our hero would get an assignment or a sent task, a mission to carry out, that looked like it would be very difficult, if not impossible. But he would always have the choice or the chance to say, yep, I'll do it or not do it. And uh, so it's just an exciting thing as we look at that. But... As a follower of Jesus Christ, if you're a follower of Jesus, we all have a mission, an assignment. And here's what Paul said. It's really our life mission. Paul says it this way. Would you read it with me in Acts chapter 20, uh, 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 verse 24? I don't care about my life. The most important thing is as I complete my mission. Would you underline that phrase? Complete my mission. The most important thing is that I complete my mission. And it's not only Paul's mission, but it's also the mission that the Lord has given us. Jesus said, as the Father has sent me, so I will send you. So look at that again. I want to complete my mission. And then he tells us what our mission should be. The work that the Lord Jesus gave me. The work that he gave me. Well, we say, well, what is that work? I'd like to know what that work is. And then he goes on to say, and here it is, read it with me, to tell people the good news about God's grace. So the mission is what? To tell people the good news about God's grace. Let's say it again. The mission is to tell people the good news about God's grace. Good news. Not bad news. We're not offering cancer. We're not offering somebody to buy swamp land in Florida, but we're offering good news, good news. The world's full of bad news. I want some good news. How about you? So that's what he's called us to do, to give out good news. So if you're taking notes today, here's the first fill-in today, and this is what I hope you would do. I hope that you, number one, would accept your life mission. Accept your life mission. God is at work in the world, right? Do you believe that? 
I mean, there's evil in the world, but I also believe with all my heart that God is at work in the world. And he invites us to join him in what he's doing, to invite us to join him in what he's doing. And God has one plan for this world, to help this world. And that plan is you. You. It's called the Great Commission. Co means you're not by yourself, right? We're in this with him. He doesn't say, I want you to go out there and I want you to do this. He says, I'm going to send my Holy Spirit and he'll be with you as you do this. Notice, it's not a great suggestion. Well, I'll do it if I feel like it. I'll, I would do it if I was more extroverted. I would do it if I had this. or No, it says it's not a suggestion, but it's a commission. Mark chapter 16, verse 15 says this, and this is the Great Commission. Read it with me. And he said, go into the world, go everywhere, and announce the message of God's news to one and all. Go. He said, I want you to go. I want you to go not to just to Africa, but I want you to go to your office. I want you to go to your school. I want you to go to the family members that you live with. Because, you see, what you go with has eternal significance. I'm not sure we understand that term, eternity or eternal, but it has eternal significance. Your mission has eternal significance. The impact, the impact of our life is going to be on and on and on and on and on and on. But here's the sad thing. Time is ticking away, right? Time is ticking away. Wow. In the uh, series, there would always be those times in which the, uh, the bomb is about to go off. And it's like the countdown clock, 10, 9, 8. And somebody's saying in the earphone, be sure you cut the right wire. If you don't cut the right wire, we're all dead. Is it the green one? Is it the blue one? Five, four. Cut the right one, whichever. Three, two. And just at that time, you're ready for the explosion. Cut the right one and ah, zero. Mission possible. I wonder if God's not sensing that same thing that we, especially in America, have been so adjusted to the world that we're living in, to the comfort that we have, to the money that we have, to the business that we have, that we're not realizing that there is an eternal countdown clock. The scripture said, it's appointed unto man once to die. If I read that right, then it means that there is an appointed time for me to die in God's complete will. Now, I can speed up that process. I can walk out here on the boulevard and I can uh, stand in front of a semi-tractor trailer and say, it's not going to harm me because God has appointed a time for me to die, splat, as you pick me up and call 911, right? We can, incur we can speed up that process if we don't eat healthy and take care of ourselves, right? God has appointed a time once to die. You only get one chance. My wife made me watch this crazy movie this week, and I think only Maggie would like it. It's called Finding the Dog's Purpose. 
I sat through that thing, finding a dog's purpose. The dog kept being reincarnated, reincarnated, reincarnated until another time, all right? And uh, so anyway, there's a couple of times I did have a little tear in my eye when I, when I saw that. But, but I thought, here this dog is trying to find his eternal purpose. And sometimes the countdown clock was counting away, especially as he was giving his life as a uh, dog that would help the police. The scripture says, don't say there's still four months and then comes the harvest. Behold, I say to you, lift up your eyes and look on the fields, for they're already white for harvest. Jesus is saying here, please, church, listen, listen to me, listen to me. He's saying, please, church, don't get so adjusted to the comfort that you have in America and the freedom that you have. And you say, well, it's not time. It's not time for people to surrender their heart to the Lord. They're just, they're just so far away from God. So, so I'm not going to worry about it. Uh, no, he says, no, look, you've you got to get a different perspective. The harvest is ripe. So if he says the harvest is ripe, then I've got to begin to saying, Lord, I need some new lenses. I, I've had these, I had these earthly lens that only lets me see right here what I can see physically. That, you know, well, there's Mike, there's Patty, there's, uh, there's Willie, you know, there's that. And, you know, there's somebody, they look like they weigh 100 pounds. That person looks like they weigh 150. Looks like, you know, that person's losing more hair than before. Looks like that person put some dye in their hair and their beard. And so, so we see that. See, see we, we see this way. We see the social media that they post. But God sees a person that has a destiny with time. And he says, you need to get new lens, church. It's time for a harvest. Every time on Sunday mornings, I see the empty seats. On a Sunday, we'll have between five and 700 on a given Sunday. But yet, we still have empty seats. We have seats for others. And I think, Lord, that's somebody's eternity that matters. Am I, am I taking that serious enough? Serious enough? Who, if I take that serious, then I have to ask myself, who have I invited to church this week? Who have I said, let me take you to church this week? Oh, we get so many things, you know. We, we say, well, you know, I, well, I think maybe I work so hard this week, I think I'll just, you know, I need to go shopping on, on, on Sunday. I, I need to go get some groceries on Sunday because, you know, I don't have much other time. And so, so we, we don't come and we don't bring that with us because coming to church just becomes another option. It's not like anything that's really important. But the Lord said, this is our memory verse. It's in, in there in the top of your notes. Would you say it with me? I hope you'll memorize this. Would you read it with me? The harvest is great, but the workers are few. So pray to the Lord who is in charge of the harvest. Ask him to send more workers into his fields. So when I was looking and preparing for this series several months ago, I said, Lord, what, what can we do to wake us up to... to the severity of time being short and people being lost into eternity without Jesus. Have, Lord, wake us up that family members in our own family. Here, here's the heart cry. I, I shared this with the team before we came out this morning in prayer. I said, you know the sad thing is? We send money to missionaries around the world and we're reaching the lost. And we, we help reach people in, in the next county over or somewhere else. But I said, the sad thing to me would be that somebody in our own father's house family could come here week after week, 
hear teaching after teaching, and yet never surrender their heart to the Lord and be eternally lost. Honestly, that breaks my heart because I love every one of you, and I've seen the glimpse of eternity. God has given me a vision of that. I've seen years ago when I first started a vision of hell and people being cast out into hell, finding being plummeting into hell, crying out, once somebody help me, somebody tell me. I know that, and I know that it wasn't a bad dream or bad pizza. I know that it was God saying, look, this life that you're living in is not just what you see here and now. So we said, well, what can we do? Well, let's pray this verse. So we all set our alarms, right? We call it the 1002 alarm. I was, at a, I was in a meeting this week. We were doing a church planning meeting and had all the staff around us, and we were discussing different things. And at 1002, bing, 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 alarms started going off. In the last service, I'm right in the middle of my teaching, and 1002, alarms go off. Bing, 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 bing. You know what we did? We stopped. We took out that little prayer card that you have in your notes. Some people have it on their phone. And we took time and we prayed that morning prayer. So what we're asking you to do is set that alarm perpetually, not just for this series, but until Jesus comes back, the Father's house is going to be known as a church that 10.02 a.m., we pray the morning prayer. 10.02 p.m., we pray the evening prayer. Because Jesus said we pray to the Lord of the harvest that he had sent forth labors because it's not his will that any should perish. So how you doing? Did you set your alarm? Be sure you set your alarm and join us as we, as we pray. And so we, we say coming up uh, in 27 days is what we call Sunday fun day. We passed out these cards, like the little six-pack cards. Remember that? It says September 22nd, 2019, Sunday fun day with friends. Do you have any friends? Okay, I was worried. I was worried there for a moment. I thought we was a judgmental society of the first right of the second authority, and we have no friends. We just judge people, right, and just mad at everybody. Sunday fun day with friends. A petting zoo. Water slide. Free food. Donuts are back. Coffee's back. Hot dogs. See, Here's what you can do. If you have a friend, you can say, hey, you know what? I would like to invite you to Sunday fun day. Because you see, I'd like to invite you to church. I've been to church. I don't want to go again. I don't like church. Sunday fun day. And when you come to Sunday fun day, I'll get you a donut. A real donut. A, a good one. And I'll, uh, I'll get you a hot dog and a drink if you come to Sunday fun day with me. See, Sunday fun day is just another lure. It's not about inviting them to a fun day. It's inviting them to a chance to come and see this Jesus that you love so very much. So we give them this card. I don't know if you noticed on the back of this card we talk about it. It says truelife.org, free video answers to life's hardest questions. So when you pass out this card to someone, you say, hey, and by the way, if you have any questions about, you know, like this God thing, if you don't believe in God or this thing about eternity or, or you're not sure about that, why don't you log on to truelife.org? 
because there's all kinds of answers there. There's answers about how we got our Bible. Can you imagine? 1,500 years, 40 different authors in different nations around the world, but yet there's a continuity of theme. There's a logical development, and that word has stood through the years, even though it's been persecuted. That's on truelife.org. Or you know what? There's testimonies in there of Muslims finding the Lord as their Savior, having a dream. Muslims around the world are working up, waking up to this dream. They're waking up to a dream, and in that dream, it's the Lord Jesus saying, I am the one that you've been looking for. And they're hunting down churches and believers and saying, tell us about this man that we had a dream about. I'm telling you, the harvest is ripe and it's ready, and we need not miss it here in America. Amen, 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 amen. So Sunday, 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 however you want to say that, is a time in which that we're going to invite people, and we're going to start a brand new series, and it's called Unshakable, Standing Strong When Things Go Wrong. I partnered with my uh, coach on this one, Nelson Searcy. I wrote the forward in this book and worked with him on this project. And let me tell you what this series that we're going to be studying about, and it's one that everybody needs. You can't stop the storms of life from raging, but you can discover how to be unshakable. The powerful practical guides will help you to discover how to face and survive life's secret storms, scariest storms. You'll uncover timeless truths to family problems, illness, lack of person, lack of purpose, temptation, financial stress, career challenges, death of a loved one, and more. There's chapter after chapter. So on Sunday mornings, I'm going to start this series. And then in our small groups, our life groups, we're going to study this book. We're going to do that and pick, pick this book and pick this apart. So what we're asking you to do, listen, what we're asking you to do is to buy one of these books so that you can read it. It's $10. And we'd ask you to buy another one so that we can give it to a first-time guest. Can you imagine on Sunday fun day we have 50, 75, maybe 100 guests? And we, say, we can say to them, if it's your first day with you, if you're a guest with us today, the Father's house and the people of the Father's house care so much about you, we want to give you a book that'll help answer the questions they have in life. So, I mean, who hasn't had family problems, right? Who hasn't experienced illness or who hasn't experienced financial stress or career challenges? And so we're going to give this book. We hope we're able to give one of these books to everyone. So we do that by all of us buying one and seeding one. Buying one, giving two, that's what, $30. Buying one, giving three, that's $40. Buying one, giving five, that's six, all right? 60 bucks and helping somebody else. Can you do that? And if you would like for me to sign the forward, I'd be happy to sign the forward in that, uh, and I'll be outside after service for you to get that. We have all eternity to celebrate, but we only have one lifetime to reach people. Hebrews 9 and 26 says, just as each person is destined to die once, after that is the judgment. In your notes, there's a quote there from William James. It's one of my favorite. It says, the best use of life is to spend it for something that outlasts it. What are you investing in? What are you investing in that will outlast this life? whether you live for 70 years, 80, 90, 100, 110. What is it in this life that will outlast you? Um, let me show you something.
here's a rope. And this rope is going to represent eternity. Now, this represents my life. Maybe I live 50, 70, 100 years. But in light of eternity, that's all there is. So, I'm a visual learner. So, maybe this will help you. Sean, begin unrolling eternity. Every time Sean crosses this stage, it's 100 years. 100 years. And eternity just keeps, just keeps unfolding. 100 years. 100 years. Is that the end of it? I mean, you, you've been in heaven, on the new heaven and new earth with the Lord for 100 years. Well, how, how much more? It just keeps unfolding. Or you've decided that you'll choose not God and you'll spend eternity lost without him. After about 500 years, you think, surely this has got to, surely this has got to end. Surely there's, there's another opportunity, another chance. But eternity just goes on and on and on. And we have such a short time to make a difference in this world for eternity. Well, how are you using this? How are you using this time for eternity? And you say to me, well, you know, Terry, I'm not sure I believe in this eternity thing. I'm not sure I believe in God. I'm not sure I believe in Jesus. Okay. Guess what? There have been days which I've questioned my belief in God. But you know what? It's one of those times in which you're just looking through the lens of now, but eternity just keeps going. But here's what I'd like to ask you. You say, well, I don't believe in that eternity thing that you're talking about. I don't believe in the God thing that you're talking about. If there's really a God, I, I can't, you know, and it's, it's sort of like we think that God should answer to us. Eternity is going on and on. What if? What if you're wrong? About eternity. What if you're wrong about God? What if you're wrong about Jesus? Eternity goes on. There's no end to that rope when you think about it with eternity. It's forever and ever and ever. What if you're wrong? Are you willing to base eternity on your feelings or your logical thoughts? What if you're right? What if you're right, and one of these days, we put all the pieces back in the game box, and you were right? There's no eternity. There's no God. There's no Jesus. Well, you got that right. But you know what? I won't have missed anything. Because I will have lived my life with a purpose, with a hope. That even though there may not be a God, I'm living my life in such a way I'm placing all of my trust and confidence. And if you're right and I'm wrong, I haven't lost. But if I'm right and you're wrong, you're going to spend eternity 
eternity separated from God. I'm sorry. This is just not worth it to me. I want to utilize this time. So here's point two. We need to live each day to make a difference. Live each day to make a difference. Romans chapter 14 and 12. So then each of us will give an account of ourselves to God. 1 Peter 1 and 17. And remember that the heavenly Father to whom you pray has no favorites. He will judge or reward everyone according to what you do. You must live in reverent fear of him during your lifetime here as temporary residents. <laughs> I'm a temporary resident. This world as we know it is going to burn up. Because when he comes back, he's coming back on a new heaven and a new earth. So I'm a temporary resident. But isn't it amazing all the things we can do? Uh, more motorcycles, more cars, more condos, more vacations, more prestigious awards, more this, more money, more that. All in this little time frame. While eternity goes on and on and on and on. 2 Corinthians 5 and 10, for we must appear before the judgment seat of Christ and each may receive the things done in his body according to what he has done, whether good or bad. In your notes, the next fill in there is simply this. We need to distinguish between our belief and our behavior. Distinguish between belief and behavior. Distinguish between belief and behavior. Here's the next, here's the reason. I'm going to talk about two things, my belief and my behavior. Our belief determines where we will spend eternity. Our belief determines where we will spend eternity. Our belief determines where we will spend eternity. Our behavior determines how we will spend eternity. Do you get that? My belief is where I'm going to spend eternity. Only two choices. Sorry. There's no in-between. There's even a hell where you spend with eternal separation from God, or there's the new heaven and the new earth eternally with God. There's, there's, there's only two options. There are no other options. So that's my belief. But then my behavior determines how I spend eternity. Revelation 22, 12 and 13. Look, I'm coming soon, bringing my reward with me to repay all people according to their deeds. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. The word there, reward, is the word misthos, which means I'm bringing a payment. I'm bringing a payment. So we want to look at these two. Let's break them down just a little bit. Your belief determines where you'll spend eternity. If your belief is in Jesus and you've invited him into your life, your belief determines where you spend eternity. If you say, heck no, don't believe in God, don't believe in Jesus, your behavior now determines where you spend eternity. You say, well, one of these days I might straighten it out. But how many times, I've heard people this week, last week say, you know what? I had a friend who just suddenly died. I had a friend who was in an automobile accident. And then they say, and the sad thing is, I never asked them about their relationship with Jesus. And now they're gone. And now they're gone. Look at this verse, Revelation 20, 11 and 12. Then I saw a great white throne, 
This represents the final judgment of mankind. And him who sat on it, whose face the earth and the heaven fled away. History is ended now. And there was found no place for them, no place to hide, basically, is what it's saying. And I saw the dead, small and great, standing before God. I saw those spiritually dead stand before God, those that denied God, the small and great, the somebodies and the nobodies. And it says, and the books were opened. Do you see that? Say books. And another book, singular, say book, was opened, which is the book of life. The book of life is talked about in Revelation 3 and 5, Revelation 13. The book of life is the roll book in which that our names are written down because we've invited Jesus into our life. That's why that old song says, when the roll is called up yonder, I'll be there. When that roll is called, I'll be there. And the dead were judged according to their works by the things which were written in the books. Here's the picture. There's coming a day right before eternity unfolds that your name will be called out. Your name. Would John Herkimer please step forward? you stand in front of God. There's no defense attorney because this is a throne of judgment. Jesus has done already all he can do to defend. And he said, they were judged by the books because written in the book was a story of their life, good and bad. Went to church last Sunday of August. That's good. Lived like the devil all during the week. Bought a book, Unshakable. Oh, that's good. Sold three. Gave three away. That's really good. But cheated on their taxes. Cheated on their wife. Spent all their time watching pornography. Oh, that's not good. So here's the picture. You stand before God, and he says, bring out the books. Remember, the, remember, the, remember that when it says that we'll be held accountable for every idle word we speak? I can't explain this, but somehow there's this giant recording angel or recording live. Maybe God says, Siri, record this. I don't know. represents your life. All the good, all the bad. And then he says, but another book is open. One book. It's the Lamb's book of life. And in this book, if your name is written in this book, you don't have to be judged for this. I would hate to know that I risk eternity on these books of how that I lived. 
What did I do? But in this man's book of life, I'm risking it on one thing. That Jesus is who he says he is. That he is a son of God. That he died and paid the penalty for my sins. And he took the pen up. And Beverly, when you gave your heart to the Lord just as a child, he took that fresh blood that's never lost its power and he wrote your name down in this book so that you never have to be judged. You never have to wonder, have I done enough? It's not in what I have done, but it's in what he has done. He is the Son of God. He is the Mighty One. He loves us and he cares for us. And you're going to risk your eternity in just this a little time on your works oh there it is let's find that oh yeah Terry Mahan seven years old prayed the sinner's prayer didn't really understand it all he's been on a journey since but sins paid you see Jesus doesn't forgive sins God doesn't forgive sins. How many of you heard that? God forgives sins. Jesus forgives sins. No. He doesn't forgive sins. He paid the penalty for your sins so you can experience forgiveness. He didn't just simply say, sins forgiven. Took all the crud, all the embarrassing things that it's going to be revealed on the day of judgment. He took all of those on himself on the cross because he loved you so stinking much that he wants your name written in the Lamb's book of life so that you can experience eternity with him. And he said, you see, I, I say that because I want you to be sure you get the answer right because you see, there's a lot of people that's going to answer this wrong. Matthew 7 and 21 not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father. And many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name, cast out demons in your name, and done many wonders? And he'll say, I never knew you. Depart from me. I never knew you. Depart from me. You prayed a verbal prayer, but your heart never changed. We never had a growing relationship. Your belief determines your eternity. Second of all, your behavior determines how you'll spend eternity. God's going to say to you, what did you do with what I gave you? He's a God of rewards. And everybody doesn't get the same. When we get to heaven, you see, some people have their name written down the Lamb's Book of Life because they want fire insurance, fire insurance. They don't want to go to hell. But he's not that kind of God. He said, I want to reward you to your faithfulness. You see, my works don't save me. But after I become a believer then my behavior then prepares the rewards that will come to me. You say, oh, I don't want any rewards. Oh, you want the rewards. You want the rewards. So you know what? When you get to heaven and those rewards are given to you, you know what you do with them? You fling them at his feet and you say, Lord Jesus, you're the only one worthy and I want to give everything to you because you are the supreme being and I love you so very, very much. There's going to be a lot of people in heaven, Christians, that didn't take advantage. And you get to heaven, he's going to open up a window, a door, and he's going to say, see that room? That room is all the things I wanted to give you, the rewards I wanted to give you. But you never utilized the time I gave you. 
You never used your time. You never witnessed. You never invited anybody. You never even thought about that. I had all of these things ready for you, and you missed them. You say, well, I thought heaven, there was no regrets. I don't know how you're going to deal with that. In heaven, everybody's not equal. It says some's going to rule over a little bit, some rule over many, according to their little work that they've done here. So what are you going to do with eternity? What is your next step? How are you, what are you going to do with that? I was made to make a difference with my resources. Make a difference, not just my money, but my resources. Uh, if you can play music, you play music. You're on the team. If you can play an instrument, why aren't you up here using the resources God gave you? If you can sing, why aren't you part of the team? If you have a gift of hospitality, why aren't you out there? Why, why aren't you finding a place to serve, to, to utilize the resources God gave you? Be generous. Second of all, I'll make a difference with my time. See, a lot of people say, I'll give, but I don't want to serve. How many of you here at the Father's house, you serve one service and you attend the second service? Would you stand? You serve one service and you attend the second. Would you look at that? I want to honor. I want to honor you. I want to honor you. Because you're simply saying, I, have, I know I don't have much time, but I'm going to utilize my time. I'm going to serve in one service and I'm going to attend the second service. Why haven't you gone through growth track? Why haven't you discovered your purpose? Are you, are you not realizing that the time that you have here, what you sow will reap in the long term? I'll make a difference by sharing the good news. Who are you inviting? Who are you inviting? Who are you calling? God says, we all must appear before the judgment seat. And give a report. And then 1 Corinthians chapter 4 verse 15 says, But if a person's work is burned up under a test, he'll suffer the loss of the work. He'll lose his reward, though he himself will be saved. A friend of mine years ago, his name is Leroy Arnold. He used to pastor in Kalamazoo, Michigan. He's a pastor. He had a dream, and he told me the dream, and I've never forgotten it. He said, Terry, it was a day of believers standing before God. And he said, we were all bringing our works, everything we've done, the people that we've witnessed to, uh, the, the, the things that we've done since a believer, not to earn our place, but that our behavior would determine the rewards. And he said, I saw a lot of people had a whole lot, and some people didn't have much, and they were bringing, and he said, I'm standing in line, and he said, I'm, I'm letting people in front of me because I didn't want to see him. I, did, I didn't want to see him. But he said, all of a sudden in my dream, I'm standing right before the throne of God. And he said, I have my, my works with me. And he said, he turned, God turned to the angel said, take his works, put them in the fire. Burn up the wrong motives. That's what the scripture says. Some things we do, just simply we do them because of the wrong motive. We want to be seen. We want people to know what we've done. So he said in the dream, he said, he took my works and he put them in the fire. And he said, I was excited because he said, I'd seen so many before me. Out of that fire, the angel, 
made big crowns. Sometimes people had three or four crowns. So he said, I looked at my works, and there was a massive amount of work. So I thought, yeah, it's going to be all right. So he said, the angel put him in the fire and burned up the dross, the impurities, the wrong motives. And he said, what was left was pure gold. And he said, then the angel took that and began to shape my crown. Shaped my crown in such a beautiful crown and handed it to me. And I took the crown and I placed it on my pinky finger. And he said, in the next part of my dream, he said, there was a long procession, a parade. And he said, I could look down the road miles and miles away. And I saw it was Jesus. And all these people, millions and millions and millions of people, were taking off their crowns. And they were throwing them at the feet of Jesus. And saying, worthy is the lamb. Worthy is the lamb. Worthy is the lamb. And he said, all of a sudden, Jesus was getting closer. And he said, I was so embarrassed that I just had that little, that little crown. And he said, I was wrestling to get it off my finger. And I raised it up so that I could throw it before he ever got there. And he said, as I lifted my hand back to throw it, he said, Jesus is right in front of me. And he made eye contact with me, eye to eye. And he said, I woke up. Never forgotten that. Because there's coming a time in which what I've done will be judged by the right motives. See, I'm not here today to try to impress you. I'm here today to motivate you to utilize the little bit of time that you have to make sure you're prepared for eternity that's ongoing. I wouldn't want to leave here today if I weren't 100% sure that my name is written in this book. Also, I want to encourage you to utilize this little time that we have here to do everything we can to the people that are around us, to take as many people to heaven with us as we can. I'm not asking you to debate the Bible and to tell, all I'm just asking you to just say to somebody, hey, would you come and see my church? Would you come be with me? Would you, hey, would you just check out truelife.org? There's a good place. Or just to say to somebody, you know what? God loves you. This week I was in a, a hotel, and, you know, another card that we have, and we have those in the back. You can get them out at the resource table. A little white card like this says, something extra to show you God loves you. So I leave this with a generous tip. Don't leave it if you're chintzy. I'll leave it with a generous tip. Said just something extra to show you that God loves you. And on the back is the truelife.org. This week I was in a hotel and the lady was getting ready. She was cleaning some rooms before she came to ours. And I could tell she was really tired. And I said, hey, how you doing? Well, you know, it's just so hot and just getting through. I said, well, you know, I, I really want you to have a, a life that's full of blessings. Yeah, that, that would be good, wouldn't it? Just a life full of blessings. And she never gave me a chance to, to do any more. And she went on about her, her work, and so I took one of these cards, and I left a good tip. Now, I may never see her again, but I was on mission to not let her know without a shadow of a doubt that God loved her, and somebody saw what she was doing. Who is it for you this week? Some of you, it's your husband, your wife, and you become so casual with that. You don't, you don't even pray. You don't even think about them. 
You think, well, well, you know, it'll all pan out in the end. No. Time's like Let's bow our heads. I'm not here today to embarrass you, to make you feel bad. I'm here to let you know that eternity is real. If I could get on my hands and knees and beg you to accept Jesus and believe in him, I would do that. If I could somehow plead with you that you not just ruin your life and the, and the amazing people that are around you, if you could straighten up your life, you would have already done it, but you can't. How you live your life is a model, an example to your kids, to the people that surround you. Wouldn't, wouldn't it be horrible? On the day of judgment, your own child or own employee would say, how is it that you heard this story about Jesus, but you never lived it or showed me? Jesus died to pay the penalty for our sins. If you want to pay for your own sins, you can do that. And that penalty is paid in hell. Jesus wants to be your Savior, and he wants to be your Lord. Not just confessing externally making a heart confession today. Holy Spirit, have your way. Holy Spirit is speaking to hearts today. Some of you, it's been a long time since you've felt what you're feeling right now. And it's not just feeling. In just a minute, I'm going to ask you to raise your hand by saying, Terry, I want to be sure without a shadow of a doubt but I've invited Jesus into my heart and my life. I don't want to leave today with any doubts, but I want to know without a shadow of a doubt that my name is written in that book. Just a minute, I'm going to count to three. And I want you to do a very honest, a very brave, a very powerful thing. When I count to three, I want you to raise your hand and make eye contact with me. And you're simply saying, I want to be sure I want to be sure about my eternity. I don't want to miss it. I don't want to miss what God has for me. Are you ready? One, he loves you with all of his heart. Two, he died so that you might live. Now, those of you who would say, you know what? I want to be sure without a shadow of a doubt. Would you raise your hand? Three, right now. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you here. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, thank you. Others, thank you, thank you. Others, thank you. Maybe those of you that are watching online, thank you, thank you. We're not playing games. You say, okay, I want to change. Well, I change. I can give you the words, but you have to surrender the heart. And maybe you didn't raise your hand because you're saying, you know, I just, I just don't want anybody to know that I'm not sure. I can give you the words today, and the only thing I know is that you can pray those words, but it has to be something that you believe from your heart. It's about a relationship with Jesus a relationship. Pray this prayer with me. Father God, thank you for loving me. Thank you for sending your son Jesus to die on the cross for my sins. I invite you into my heart. I confess with my mouth and I believe in my heart that you are the Lord. You died for my sins and you rose on the third day. 
as much as I know how, I want to serve you the rest of my life. I want to see you. Thank you for writing my name down. And help me to use my time to be a good representative to my family and the people that are around me. In Jesus' name. As a church, it's our honor to play a small part in all that God is doing in and through your life, and we would love to continue with you on that journey. To find out what your next steps will be in your relationship with Christ, all you have to do is go to thefathershouse.com next. Join us next week as we continue to love God, help people, and build the kingdom.